I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, Episode 50, EFT, Stocks, Brokerage, and Retirement Accounts with Patty Handy. Did you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. Hello, everyone. I am so glad that you are here today. On today's episode, we're going to be continuing our conversation with the wonderful Patty Handy. We're going to be going over EFTs, stocks, brokerage, and retirement accounts. So let's dive right in. Okay, so a couple other things here, hon. Um, what are EFTs? If someone has heard the terminology go around, what is an EFT? So it's um, it's an exchange-traded fund. Um, and it, it's basically a type of mutual fund. However, it trades like a stock, meaning that if you were to go in at you know 9.53 a.m. and push buy or push sell, it would at that moment trigger that buy or sell at that at that moment. And that's the same way a stock would work. If you, you know, at a certain time, that's when it's, you know, whatever price is at that moment in time, that's what you get, whether you're buying or selling. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you buy a mutual fund, if you went in at 9.53 a.m. and said, I want to sell, it's not going to sell it till the end of that day, that mm-hmm. trading day. So at the end of that trading day, whatever price it is at that moment, that's what you get. So you won't know what your price is when you sold or bought until really the next day, because the market then is closed and you don't see that until the next day. So you have a little bit more control over that, um, you know, number that you're buying or, or, or selling at. So it's, it's, but it's, it's the same type of thing where it's, you know, a, a pool of, pool of companies within these, within these funds and index funds as a side note, um, that might be your next question, so I might be jumping the gun here. <laughs> no, but an index, fine. okay. So an index fund is is um, uh, it's it's more of a passive mutual fund, for lack of better words. And as a result, their typically their expense ratios are less expensive, so it's less money that you're paying to the company, which means your yield is better at the end of the day. Um, so index funds are a great option since mutual funds are actively managed by portfolio managers, they're going to be a little bit higher because you're paying the portfolio manager. Mm -hmm. So the index fund is, um, a little bit more passively managed. It's not actively managed, you know, every day. And so it's, it's less expensive, but there are still great ones out there that are, you know, doing wonderfully. Um, so I would suggest that you definitely explore, um, the index funds as part of your portfolio if you're starting from scratch look into index funds yeah because it's just a great way to diversify Uh, all these different Mm -hmm. kind of funds we've been talking about as a way to diversify instead of just having maybe one stock in one particular company and that way it kind of diversifies how they're performing so usually in funds that are more diversified the highs and lows aren't quite as big of a swing if you will (laughs) as far as when the market goes up and the market goes down Yes, yes. And I, um, you know, if somebody comes to me and say, oh, I want to buy, you know, I love technology, I want to buy Apple and Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I think that's, that's where it's at. Um, my recommendation would be, okay, if, if that's something you truly want to invest in, that's something you can have a portion of your portfolio in. But how about looking at a technology fund, with, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. also has Apple and Google within it, but also has 
maybe Facebook and maybe some other companies that diversify so that if Apple happens to tank, you don't lose, you know, a chunk of change, you're, you're a little bit more, more balanced. Um, And, you know, diversification is a beautiful word. You really do need to have not only diversified from, you know, equities versus bonds, meaning stocks versus bonds, but you also need to be within stocks, diversified within sectors and within different funds to have that, um, you know, your fingers in different areas so that as the market is doing this, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not this, you know, getting whiplash. You're, you're you know, yeah. it's going to be volatile, but you're not like losing your mind. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of the terminology of don't put your eggs all in one basket. Because <laughs> right. if that basket falls, you lose everything. And right. I think that's what you're saying with diversification is let's spread it out over several things so that if, you know, one areas down the others are going to kind of hold you know and if some areas up you know you're going to have that that more of stability yes yes for sure and then look at what's happening in the you know in in the world and and if you uh like in covid hospitality tanked right yeah airlines tanked Mm -hmm. so those who are in hospitality funds um you know got beat up but now it's doing well again so um, again being in the market is a long-term game it's not a short-term game don't try to time it don't come in and out and try to play that because <laughs> you will never time the market i mean warren buffett says he can't time the market and if he can't certainly we can't um, <laughs> I was gonna say, he does that all day every day <laughs> he, this is his this is his blood and yes. uh he says no i can't time the market don't try um so just again that diversification keeps you a little bit more with a, a little bit of a cushion Absolutely. Now, also to to touch on as far as taxation for the different funds we've been talking about, what does taxation look like, you know, kind of in general terms as an overview? Taxation, um, well, in terms of like retirement versus brokerage type or? Yeah, uh, because we talked about, you know, the 401k, the Roth and the IRA, uh, depending on the Roth would be, you know, taxation um, right now versus the 401k and 401k, excuse me, an IRA or later on down the road, what does it look like for mutual funds, EFTs, stocks, that type of thing? So it depends if it's in a brokerage account um, or if it's in a retirement account. So you can hold mutual funds and and, um, ETS within a retirement account. So in any kind of retirement account, let's just take a regular traditional IRA um, that is tax deferred. So it's, it's growing tax deferred. You're not paying any taxes on that. And as things mm-hmm. are bought and sold within that IRA, you don't pay anything. The only time you pay is when you pull money out. And that's, okay. mm-hmm. that is, that is mm-hmm. uh, again, ordinary income. If you take it out before age 59 and a half, you also have a 10% penalty on the federal side. And then depending upon what state you're in, you're going to have a penalty on the state side. So um, yeah, you don't want to touch that until you're you're really at retirement age. On a Roth, it's growing tax-free and you take it out tax-free. And again, there's no RMD on Roth. There is RMD on a regular IRA. So that same umbrella works for the 401k piece. If it's a traditional 401k versus a Roth 401k. Mm-hmm. Um, if your money is in, if your mutual fund and, and ETFs or index funds, whatever, are inside of a brokerage account, that is just an active brokerage account. That's that's um, when you buy and sell, you have either capital gains, long-term capital gains, or you have, if it's a short-term, it's ordinary income. Okay. So if mm-hmm. you sell under one year, then it's it's called short-term and you are going to have that 
gain is ordinary income. And if you hold it for longer than a year, that's it's going to be a long-term capital gain. So that's usually a better tax bracket than your regular tax bracket. So you really want to hold it long-term. Mm-hmm. So be mindful if you're selling something in a brokerage account, be mindful of when, you know, how long you've held that particular position. Um, you don't want to trigger a short-term gain if you don't, if you don't have to. Exactly. Yeah. So even just knowing where account you have or what you want to go into, the taxes will vary on, on yeah. either one. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and again, it's important to work with your CPA or your advisor um, to make sure that you aren't triggering something that you weren't aware of, because if you trigger something, you can't untrigger it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of one of those, you went forward, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be careful. Yeah. Very good. So kind of the, the next thing I have here is stocks. So if someone says, okay, well, if I really do want an individual stock, um, you know, explain a little bit more about that. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's very personal. I've, I've had clients in the past who, who had, you know, individual stocks that were handed down from their grandparents and they didn't want to sell and fine, you know, that's okay. If you, if you have a sentimental value, if it's not completely, you know, a position that is, it is, um, you know, if we looked at it and said, this is never going to recover, this is not a company mm-hmm. that we would, you know, mm-hmm. from our projections and the history and, you know, whatever we did the research, um, if they still want to hold on to it, that's up to them, right? It's it's just, mm-hmm. it's a sentimental mm-hmm. thing. You've got to, if you want to give it to your kids and say, great grandpa <laughs> gave it to me, you know, that's, that's one thing. But, um, you know, individual stocks, you're just buying into that company. If you believe in that particular company and you believe in, in the, um, you know, the, the future of that company. And there's there's two different ways you can do analysis. There's what's called fundamental analysis and technical analysis. This is getting a little bit more into the weeds, but yeah. a fundamental analysis is really reading the books. If you know how to read, you know, the earnings per share and the profit and loss and just looking at the books, then that's one way to determine if that's something you really want to invest in. The technical analysis is looking at the charts and, just to, you know, looking at mm. the stock charts and saying, okay, based on, you know, the... Um, you know, where these, where, where these look and there's what's called Japanese candlesticks. I'm getting way into the weeds here, but, (laughs) but there's, I'm not going to even go down here, but, but there's, there's like a a ceiling and a, and a, and a floor. And so if, if you see that it's hitting the ceiling, you might see that it's going to come down. You have to know how to read these charts. It's not something that's something that's not an easy task. That is a more complicated, uh, definitely more complicated advanced kind of um, uh, process, but um, don't just buy a stock because a friend says, Oh, I just bought some stock and it did really well. Don't, you know, don't, don't do those kinds of knee-jerk reactions. Really look into what the company's about. Um, if you're comfortable with technical analysis, go for it. If you know how to read, you know, earnings per share and you know how to do that deep dive into the fundamental analysis, then go for it. Um, if you love the idea of, you know, Tesla, because you just feel Tesla's going to just take off over 20 years, then that's up to you. I mean, you can, you can do that. But again, I would say stay diversified. Um, you don't have the difference, you know, the, the diversification when you're in one stock. That just, mm-hmm. what you said earlier, you're in, you've got all your eggs in one basket and that can yeah. be, you know, that's dangerous. I mean, look at Enron, you know, people who had their entire life savings in Enron lost, you know, everything when they, that thing went to a handbasket. So Yes. Well, and that, that brings up a really good point that especially when we're investing into market vehicles, there really is no guarantees that we we kind of go into it knowing that when the, when it's up, it's awesome. We're making money when it's down, we do take those losses as well. So if we do invest in a particular stock and it goes down, 
we're subject to that loss as well as the gain. And, you know, right. even with the, the other funds we talked about, or even being in retirement funds, we still are subject to that. So just know that going forward as you're um, looking at your savings portfolio, you're looking at your investments to diversify, just know kind of those ins and outs going forward as well. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, Generally speaking, if this is not a comfortable subject for you and this is something that you just it's all new and and you really want to do something with your money, but you really don't know what to do yet. You don't know what companies. I don't know that I would say it's a great idea to invest in particular stocks. Mm -hmm. It does make sense to look at a index fund um, and be diversified and just have that until you've become more confident and more comfortable and you've learned how to you know analyze or 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 maybe maybe you think I don't care about analyzing individual stocks I want my <laughs> money just to be safe and grow yes then you know you you invest in a fund um so yes I I think you know the big proponent of again I'm gonna be a broken record here but that diversification <laughs> is is critical Exactly, exactly. And, yeah. you know, especially for those, you know, new coming in or building that portfolio, just aligning in these with your goals as well. If, you know, making sure you know what you want, you know what um, you want your lifestyle to be like, you know, kind of what risk and beliefs around money that you have are all going to play factors into what you go into. So if you are a little bit more of a risk taker, then you'll probably look at something that is a little bit, has a little bit more opportunity gain, but may also have more risk. You might look at if you're more conservative in just saying, Hey, I don't want to lose too much money. I want to keep it more conservative. You might look into more uh, diversification of, you know, mutual funds or something where there isn't as much fluctuation um, and, you know, downs and ups of the market. So definitely, you know, I would say have your goals first, know what you're wanting to accomplish and do, and then see how these different vehicles could then support you in, in reaching those goals for sure. Yeah. The other thing I would add to that too, Amber, yeah. is yeah. Um, it's so important to understand your cash flow needs. Mm -hmm. um, your risk tolerance is absolutely very critical to this. Um, decision. But if you're looking and we've had we had clients like this where, um, you know, they had income from Social Security, pensions, rental income, and it more than easily paid for their expenses. You know, mm -hmm. if you've got 10,000 a month coming in, and it costs you $5,000 a month to run your household and have your living expenses, then you may or may not ever touch your portfolio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if in that case, and we had clients like that where they never touched that portfolio, they didn't draw on it to, you know, for retirement, it was all a legacy play. You know, it was all going to the kids. So in that case, although they were, you know, 70, 80 years old and in the traditional sense, you would think, oh my gosh, they shouldn't be in the market at that age. Mm -hmm. They were in the market because they were not going to touch it. And it was going to go to their kids who, you know, were 30, 40 years old. So um, all that is, you know, brought into the conversation as to, okay, am I going to tap into this? Now, if you're going to need a hundred thousand or play a huge bing shing ding wedding, you know, one day, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. that's a different conversation. If you're going to plan on doing some major traveling in the next few years, and you're going to go through, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, then that should be in conservative money market account. Um, and, you know, kept super, you know, conservative, but um, your, your cash flow needs is a big component of how mm -hmm. you are diversifying 
how much is in the stock market versus the bond market versus money market. You know, you've got your emergency fund as well. Um, but again, it's not, there's no general, you know, you should be always doing this. If you're 55, you should do this. That there, there is no answer to that really. It's yeah. I think that's the, absolutely. I think that's a great point. And too, is that everyone's plan is going to be diverse because it's going to be diverse to you. You know, so there really isn't just a blanket answer of like, always do this for retirement, never do this for retirement, because it, it's really subjective to, you know, your goals, your dreams, what you want to accomplish. And I, I think you bring up a great point of how much cash do you need? What do you want to do? Do you know um, your expenses or at least can project what your your expenses may look like, including, you know, the cost of inflation that always is important to factor into mm -hmm. uh, your expenses in the future, because what they are today are going to be very different from the cost of living in 20 years from now. Right, right. And, um, you know, just knowing, okay, well, I need this much per month. Well, like you said, if you are bringing in from different sources, like a pension or social security, more than what you need, then yeah, you could stay in the market longer. You could uh, do some different things with your portfolio to continue to grow those funds and then then leave a legacy going forward. Yeah, that's a very different um, allocation and asset allocation than somebody who is pulling money every month from their portfolio to fund right. their living expenses. That's a whole different story. Exactly. Right. And then you playing to the factor of, you know, then what is taxes, you know, depending on the funds that you've gone into are, mm -hmm. is everything you're pulling out needing to go to, or it, the funds you are pulling out, then how much of that needs to be taxed. Mm -hmm. And like, then you also think about the Medicare and <laughs> how right. that plays into it. So yeah, it's definitely something that, um, you know, you just want to be aware of as you're setting things up and, and analyzing them over time. Yeah. And if you are working with an advisor, these are the questions to ask them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm going to assume that they're going to bring them up to you, but if they're not, um, be proactive and say, okay, this is my concern going mm -hmm. forward. How can we um, maybe pay more taxes today for me to save taxes over the long run? And what we found, I'll, I'll pivot for one second. What we found sure. is a lot of CPAs, you know, um, their, their role has always been do what we can to save taxes today. Mm. Right. They, they want to minimize because people like to save taxes today. Everyone loves a yeah. refund. <laughs> they don't want to pay any more taxes. And that's that's fine and well. Um, but if if I'm going to show you a scenario where, OK, I'm going to save you this much money this this year. But over the course of your retirement, like we do a Roth conversion, it's going to hit you this year. But over the course of you know your retirement, you're going to be saving, you know, tenfold that or whatever those numbers yeah. are, yeah. Um, then it's a long-term savings over the long run. Um, and again, those are the conversations, those are the questions I'm going to say, talk to your advisor about um, how them run through different scenarios. Again, most, most advisors have um, software programs that can play with these different options and say, okay, well, what if I did this? Well, what if I did that? How's this going to affect me? Um, and that's, that's why they're, you know, they, they do what they do. This is, this yeah. is, uh, <laughs> this is why we pay them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But like you just said earlier, you know, when we were talking, um, ask those questions, be proactive, say, okay, I, this is what we want to do in a few years. Are we set up to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what is our taxes going to look like, you know, as far as we can project, right. <laughs> Cause we don't have a crystal right. ball, but just saying, okay, you know, what's that going to look like when I take money out? What's it going to look like if I put, if I keep things in more of the market versus more conservative 
um, areas of the market or diversification. So yeah, definitely stay proactive um, and ask lots of questions there for sure. I, if anyone has questions, I'm happy to answer any questions. I think it's, um, you know, just at the end of the day, um, you know, when I've had lots of conversations with ladies, there's a common theme, and this is kind of why I pivoted out of financial advisory to financial mm -hmm. coaching. And it was, I heard a lot of the common, I'm embarrassed, I should know this. Um, you know, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of overwhelm, there's a lot of fear around money. And um, I'm just going to invite you to kind of reframe that and look at this differently. We, you know, you didn't learn this from probably your parents and we don't teach this in schools. So yeah. how could you learn this? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, just give yourself some grace and know that this is part of the process of, of, you know, the journey. Um, and we all start at, you know, square one at some point in our lives, right? We all Absolutely. start at the same place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, be gentle with yourself. There's no, yeah. it's a judgment-free zone. And you know, if you're working with an advisor and they're not showing you that respect and that that gentleness, um, like we said earlier, nothing's holding you to that advisor. There's a bunch of great ones out there that that would that take that education piece um, and and um, embrace that with with clients. So, you know, and trust your gut. I think we as women are very intuitive, yeah. and we can just feel when something feels wrong. And if it just feels wrong, it probably is. So I would mm -hmm. just say exit stage left. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. And I love what you yeah. said. Excuse me. Um, I think I hit my mic there. Um, but I love what you said about grace. Because just like you said, I mean, where would we find out this information? It's not readily taught in schools. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you said, hey, you have to take this class <laughs> to know right. about this. So yeah, just give yourself grace, being willing to just learn and being okay to say, well, I need to know more about that. Can you explain that more to me? And like you said, judgment-free zone, um, because we would rather have you come ask the questions and learn about it. So then you can improve your finances and your lifestyle going forward, rather than being embarrassed to ask those questions. And then they never get answered. And then more at that point, it's more of a trial and error, which is very not very fun to go through <laughs> to try and figure out, okay, is this going to work? Okay. That didn't work. Is this going to work? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it could be very expensive. That could be a very expensive lesson. Yeah. So, um, you know, a very common theme I hear too, is I just don't want to run out of money and I don't want to be a right. burden to my kids mm -hmm. and I don't want to make an expensive mistake. I don't know what I'm doing. And so yeah. not asking those questions and getting that knowledge. Um, if you're making a mistake, it's, it's, a, you know, potentially a costly one. So um, take your time. Don't be in a rush to do anything. Don't be in a rush to, you know, invest in some product if you don't understand the product. And I've always said, if, if there's a product that you're looking at purchasing and you can't turn around and explain it to a fourth grader, then you shouldn't be investing in it because you don't, <laughs> you don't understand it. You don't understand it fully. Right. And if you don't yeah. understand it fully, you shouldn't be investing in it. And it doesn't mean that it's bad a product, but it just means you need to learn more about it and make sure it's a good fit for you. Exactly. Exactly. And once again, all of this comes down to how do these different vehicles serve you mm -hmm. going forward? You know, there's obviously all these different possibilities because they're going to work in different ways um, in different stages of our life as well. Right. Um, you know, something that maybe we would look more readily into in our 20s may not be always the best answer in our 60s. Um, so it things also change over time as well, according to our needs and our desires and the things that we want to do. Yes. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's important that we just, again, 
give ourselves that love and grace and be okay with uh, the learning process, be okay with the journey. Absolutely. And it's, it's going to be an amazing journey. <laughs> so yes. don't be afraid of the journey. Uh, just go ahead and put one foot right in front of the other and it's going to be amazing. So yes. before we let you go, Patty, where can people find you to work more with you? Well, thank you, Amber. Um, my main website is pattyhandy.com. It's just my name, P-A-T-T-I-H-A-N-D-Y. And you'll want to click on the Minding Her Money tab. Minding Her Money is my program. It is a um, nine module course. Two of the modules are all about what we talked about today, investing, and there's some tax strategies in there. But it also incorporates uh, like your credit and buying a home on your own and your money mm. story and self-care um, and getting organized in life and your retirement and your legacy. And so it's a very comprehensive program. Um, it's a digital online course, which also includes some group coaching and an option for one-on-one -on -one coaching. So a few different packages, but that Minding Her Money tab on my main website will take you to a page where you can uh, basically um, download some goodies and then book a call with me and I can learn more about your situation, determine if it makes sense to uh, you know, go further. Um, and then uh, again, feel free to ask me any questions. I'm, I'm here to help. Absolutely. So definitely reach out. Your program is awesome. And I know it's going to help so, so many women out there and just get more of a comprehensive view of their money. So definitely reach out to Patty to learn more. Thanks, Amber. You are already working hard for your money. Imagine your money working hard for you. Imagine the freedom you'll have from not worrying constantly about your finances enjoying the decisions you make with your money and finally taking control of where your money goes instead of wondering where it went at the end of every month. I know this is possible for you and I want to help you make that happen. Head on over to amberpetersoncoaching.net forward slash courses where we will work together to help you create a life that you love with your money. Also, if you're finding this podcast to be helpful, please subscribe. That way you will never miss an episode to help you create confidence with your money. Have a beautiful week.